Where are you, God? Today on Get the Hell Out of Your Life. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. So good to be with you today. Today, I have asked one of my good friends to join me and have a conversation about where is God when we really need him? So I hope you have a hot cup of coffee or a soft drink and sit back for the next few minutes and be encouraged and inspired as Candy Anderson Ferris joins me today. Good morning, Candy. How are you? Good morning. How are you, Ron? I am doing fine. I am just so grateful that you would take some time out of your schedule to visit because, Candy, right now it just seems like... Uh, it sure is a crazy time in America, and it probably has been all the way back to the founding fathers. But for some reason, it just seems like there's just a lot of craziness going on. Have you noticed that a lot of our friends, even people that go to church on a regular basis, are somewhat a little concerned of what's happening? Sure. I mean, I've been concerned. Um, it's when we start looking at the stuff around us, the craziness and the upside down world, we get overwhelmed because our eyes are off what our future is and our hope is, and that's in Christ. Even Daniel, there's a verse that I, I just saw last week, and I, and I love it. It's Daniel eight twenty seven. It says, I, Daniel, was exhausted and lay ill for several days. Then I arose and went about the king's business. So I think about that in text of us is that we're just sick over this, but then we're to arise and go about our father's business. We have to just keep plowing our row and, and looking up and our hope is in him and not get off track. I can tell you a good story about getting off track. If you, if you want, if you want to hear a good story. I, I love your stories. Well, I just went to Oxford and Ingemar to visit my first great-grandchild and to stay a week with them. And I was going to stop at my son's home in Oxford first. And now I know how to get there pretty, I get lost a lot, but I know how to go straight through Tupelo and take one road and another road and I'm there. Well, this time I put it in my little maps and, and for some reason my phone kept dying and well, whatever for whatever reason, it sent me a different way and I thought, well, this is a shortcut. I'll go this way. <laughs> Ended up going down little tiny ro little roads and it was getting dark and foggy and rainy and I kept getting further out and then I had no service on my phone, period. None. No way to call anybody. Finally, I found a dirt road. I went up high on the hill and got service and called my daughter, and she's got Life 360 on me. Well, they finally um, got my son and, and told him where I was. This went on for hours, hours. It was, it was a terrible, terrible time. And uh, I got impatient and left the area where I was, and he sent a note to Melanie saying the eagle has left the nest. I didn't <laughs> remain where I was supposed to be. I came back and, and sure enough, here he comes back. I was 50 miles away from his home out in the woods where with nothing. And it said I had arrived at my destination. 
the whole point of this, the battle preach moment is, I knew the right path to take. I knew that the, as the scripture says, the ancient ways look for them. But I saw a shortcut and I thought that shortcut was going to get me there on at earlier time. And I took it and it was horrendous. Sometimes it looks like it's going to be easier way, but we need to just stick with God's plan and plow our row. Yes, I I can relate to that. I like I used to like shortcuts, but I found the same thing you did that sometimes the shortcuts actually take us a longer way to where God wants us to go. So if we get off the road of following him through all this mess, if we get so worried that we start panicking and and um missing the opportunity. We have an opportunity right now that we've never had before. There are people who are hungry, out of work, depressed, and lonely, and we have the answer. As believers, we have the answer, uh, and it's Jesus Christ, and we're to serve others, and, and as we serve, their hearts are softened to hear the gospel in a way they've never been before. Yeah, that that does make sense. If um, If somebody came up to you and asked you, Candy, where's your God at? What would you tell them? He's never left. He's never left me, never forsaken me, and he never will. He's right in the midst of all this. He's sovereign. He sets up kings and kingdoms, and there's a purpose in that. And we just have to keep um, knowing that he is sovereign, that he is good, and that his purposes for us are are not for um, harm, but to give us a future and a hope. And we have to keep looking at that. Candy. I have found out that sometimes in my life that things literally have to almost just disintegrate. It gives me an opportunity to start from scratch, that sometimes the things that happen that around us that we see as a disaster or trouble is God really kind of rearranging things, but we are so impatient and we want it now. We don't want to wait. To we see. want to take the shortcut. <laughs> yeah, we want to take the shortcut. But sometimes all that confusion in our life is not really confusion. It may be at this moment, but if we're patient and we hang in there, we'll find out that there was a better plan, but we had to go through some hardships so we could get where he needed us to be. Right. God used even evil things for good. Um, my friend gave me a picture of, of me, stand, well, a child standing before Christ. And behind her back, she held a teddy bear, and he was holding his hand out saying, give me that teddy bear. And she didn't want to let go of her little t- teddy bear, but she didn't see behind his back. He had a huge teddy bear for her. So sometimes we've just got to let go of what we know and trust God, and he has a bigger plan and a bigger uh, opportunity for us to um, thrive than we had before. Yeah. You know, Candy, one thing that I get concerned about, I think about once in a while, it's almost been a year now that uh, a lot of the churches haven't had service. Uh, we've been isolated from family members, haven't been able to see uh, sick friends And even my wife could not go to her father's funeral in Arizona because of COVID. No closure. We've been so 
isolated in the psychological and the emotional damage that this has placed on us, I wonder, will we ever recover from this? That's that's the hardest part is because we were made for community. It's not good for man to be alone. And we have to discover ways that we can continue to um, um, be a part of one another's lives. Maybe it's the old-fashioned way of writing letters and doing the Zoom, the newfangled thing of Zoom and all of that. But um, we need to um, minister to one another. I miss hugging people and touching and um, shaking hands and and bending down in prayer with people. And and to be honest, there's times that I've done that anyway. Um, you know, it's it's um, just a part of me, and I can't change. But there, there's a Psalm 18, 16 through 18, and it says, He reached down from on high, and He took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters, and He rescued me from my powerful enemy. And they confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. It's all about but God. Sometimes these times of... Um, um, silence and being cloistered and all that stuff is so that we can get closer to him and realize that um, God's enough. But he did make us for community. So ask God to give you um, creative ways to minister. That's what I'm praying right now. I have a great Sunday school class, a uh, um, small class, small group. And um, there there were um, quite a few of us. And then now that COVID's taking place, we we don't have but about half that many. And um, I'm having to re-evaluate. I told my class Sunday that I want to figure out a way to meet the needs of those who are not here. And uh, for God to give me a creative way to do that. And you know what? He's going he's gonna to show us new ways. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's good. Um, I heard David Jeremiah today. He was talking on Psalm 37. I really, it's a great psalm, but one of it uh, really stuck in my mind was Psalm 37. Uh, started in verse three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on God's faithfulness. Wow, that, right. that's right. pretty powerful. If you really think about that, that there is evil out there. There's bad things that are happening. But we have to feed on the faithfulness of God, because in reality, if we really look over back in our life, has he ever let us down? I mean, we may have had some things happen we didn't like, but he was always there for us. He's always there for us. Um, he is our comfort and he is our peace. And yeah, there's there's times you get you think, God, where are you? What um, I, I can't feel you. I can't see you. I don't think you're hearing me. Even in the Bible, it says, please, God, turn your eyes back towards us. Awake. Waken to us. Um, But we just keep going before the Lord. And and I tell him when I'm upset, when I'm mad, when I'm frustrated, because he already knows what we're thinking. And so why can't I take it to him anyway? And honest truth, tell him how I'm feeling. And and that's what we all should do, knowing that he's not going to forsake us. And Psalm 37 is one of my favorite because it's the first verse is, do not fret because of evildoers. Don't fret because of that, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. And then I have underlined these things, fret not, trust in the Lord, feed on his faithfulness, delight myself in the Lord, commit my way to him, trust, and he shall bring it to pass. 
Yeah, I found uh, when I commit my day to Jesus, I can commit my thoughts to him or whatever this radio show. Um, yeah, it just seems to uh, take on a life of its own and things just fall into place to go out there and speak to people hurting. And and one of the things that I, I've been praying about, you were talking about how you're praying a creative re- way to reach people, is I've been praying for a way to be able to have a conversation um, with so many people, this uh, this politics and the difference in, in what I believe and what somebody else believes is really dividing people. So I know what we come to them in love, but it is hard to have a conversation with people anymore that don't agree with you, whether it be politically or with your faith. And um it used to be you could agree to disagree, but now you can't even right. agree to disagree. <laughs> they want to, they think you're nutty. Have you, have you ever come across that or do you, as all your oh, friends, absolutely. the happy ones that say, hold hands and sing Kumbaya? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not necessarily. Even within homes, you're seeing various differences about how COVID should be handled, the vaccination. Um, you know, everybody has different of opinion. Uh, we had this discussion in our church and it, it, it was specifically that we are not to, to concern ourselves with um, things that we don't understand like politics and all that and focus on God and, and our business is to be out to be winning souls. But now having said that, I have a granddaughter who is, is just an amazing young lady. Well, all of them are, but um, she is a mission-minded young lady and she's doing internship in the churches and things like that but she just asked God every day to send her on a mission well her car broke down the other day and um, and right in front of a, um, a place that we normally wouldn't go into and she just said I felt the Lord saying go in you're supposed to go in here and she she met a Muslim and he uh and she began to dialogue, and, and he said, if you'll read this, I'll read that, and back and forth. And they were able to talk, uh, you know, without arguing or without fussing or without anything. And I believe he's coming to Bible study this week, which is so so cool to me. And then the minute she got back in her car, her car started. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was like God had a purpose. He had a plan. And he, he but this is the thing, Ron, we have to. To know where we stand in the Lord. We have to understand why we believe what we believe and be able to give a reason for the hope within us. We can't just have namby-pamby faith anymore and grandma's faith or, um, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian because I'm, I'm in a family of Christians. That's not it. It is a one-on-one relationship with God, understanding the reason we um have be re- been redeemed and what we've been redeemed for and and um, our value. Every human life has value, and so um, you know that this that's the real important thing right now is to to shore up our beliefs and why we believe what we believe so that we can discuss intelligently and calmly with others our faith. Yes, and. Um... One of the verses that I was reading Saturday, and I don't know why it just popped out. I've heard this before, but it says uh, nobody can come to the Father until the Father draws them. So I'm reading that. In other words, like the day, all those years I was kind of in the wilderness, uh, 
And even though people were coming up to me and say, <laughs> Ron, you need to straighten up your life. You need to come see Jesus. When I read that verse, it's like, well, no, God knew the day that I was going to come to him. He was he had to let me go through a little bit of wilderness. So then when the day he drew me to him, I was willing and open to it. Does that make sense? Is it does some do, do some people just have to go into the wilderness not because they're bad or because God's punishing them because God is just trying to bring them to a point to where their heart will be open to receive his unconditional love. Oh, I believe that totally. I believe that we all have to come to a crisis of belief. We don't when you don't need God, you don't look for him. Right. You don't um yeah. desire him, but um when we come to to the end of ourselves, we look up, but I, I do believe that he he draws us and I can't save anyone. Uh I, I think it was I don't know if it's D.L. Moody or not, but one of the, the old time preachers said, um, had had a, a, a revival meeting and a guy got saved. And the next day somebody said, well, I saw the guy that got saved out there, your convert out there drinking the next day and, and, and not even acting like he knew the Lord. And he said, that's because, well, he must have been my convert because if he is truly changed to the Lord and came to the Lord, he would be transformed. When we come to know the Lord, we're different. We are. We look different. It may take a little while to, for the changes to come together, but we are changed in Christ, and it's by His doing, not man. We have to be patient. Sow the seeds out there. Be the. Be a light. Be kind. Be gentle. Be faithful. Know where you stand in your faith, and just. Turn it over to God, because the more we chase somebody down about this faith, the more I think we scare them away or they don't want any part of it. We just kind of plant the seed of faith out there through love and patience and understand that in God's timing, that person will be introduced to God and uh, probably then develop a relationship. Right. It is his kindness that brings us to redemption, leads us to redemption and I believe that so much. I, I, I don't believe in browbeating or, or anything like that. But I, I do know that we need to take um, opportunity to be Christ to people. There's a saying that says they'll, um, they'll never care how much we know until they know how much we care. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's the thing. We've got to care for people, love them like Jesus. And and not be offended. That's a big thing. Jesus didn't take offense, and he didn't fight back with people. And so sometimes I think in all this argumentative stuff that we're getting into, we are so different from um, Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that we um, give in to things that are not biblically right. We have to stand strong on that. But all this other petty arguments and stuff like that is is just, you know, just love people. Yeah, just love. Just, yeah. Um, be kind. As you said, be kind and, and generous and, and give mercy. Mercy was given to us because, um, you know, lost people do what lost people do. And, and you can't expect them to be different because God's not touched them and transformed their lives yet. And, um, right, and, right. And we can't think we're we're somebody special or big or pious because we're not. We are only good because Christ saved us and Christ in us is the only thing that is good. We're but filthy rags. 
Well, and, and sometimes I have to remind myself uh, when I was in the wilderness, how I was and how I behaved. And even at the festivals, how uh, I had Christians come down there and protest me and give me tracks and tell me, Ron Myers, you're going to hell. You need to come see Jesus. You know, and I just right. thought to myself, you know, I, I don't know where these people are coming from, but if they want me to love the God that they're talking to me about, they need to just quit beating me up. And, uh, you know, a little bit about my past, but it was one day that uh, I just surrendered to God and then he did, he did the rest. So I say that. So if there are people out there listening now and you just really are been praying for someone, well, continue to pray for him. Or if your uh, wife doesn't go to church with you or your husband doesn't go to church with you, don't beat him up. Just keep praying for him and just keep praying and just be faithful. And one day I believe just like it did with me one day, when you least expect it, you'll hear, Hey, Let's go to church. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's my testimony. Is that um, my late husband Lowry? Um, in fact, I just pulled out his testimony the other day to reread it. Um, I kept trying to be his Holy Spirit. You know, I'd write scripture on everything. I'd, I'd um, take every opportunity to bang Jesus over his head and stuff. <laughs> and finally, one day, you know, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, "I'm his Holy Spirit, Andy. You're not." And, you know, I, I am the Holy Spirit. And so um, I said, OK, God, I take my hands off. He's yours. Let me love him as I'm supposed to love him. And let me just honor you as I'm supposed to honor you. And the scripture says they can be one without a word. And so um, yeah. I got to see that. I got to see the Lord work in my husband's life. And, and in the last days of his life, he was a minister and in he led lots of people to the Lord, and he was yes. such a generous and kind man. So, yeah, um, he sure was, you know, and he was he was a fireball. I thought sometimes I was a fireball for Jesus, but uh, he really was. And and see, that's a good point. And thank you for sharing that story because we have to be patient and uh, trust in God and just pray that. Uh, you know, it all works out. And what I found out, it does work out. And if it doesn't work out, it still works out. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's exactly it. My my thing that I love, and I've, I've got it written on my uh, prayer wall, it's just plow your row. Just plow, plow your, your row. own row that, mm-hmm. God is, that God's given you to do. Don't look and compare yourself to others. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't try to take a shortcut and just plow your row and, and do what today holds for you you know we wake up and say okay god what's my purpose for today and then just be thankful and grateful for what we do have yes that's the main thing we're not promised tomorrow are we nope we're not promised tomorrow so and we do have so much in the midst of all of this craziness we do have so much more than so many other people do so we need to praise god yeah. So yeah. So true. Well, Candy, before we go, will you uh, pray for the listeners? Yeah, my privilege, Father. Um, we just uh, walk in uncertain times, but you are sure and true and a strong foundation. This is your world. Um, we are just um, aliens in this world, and we are looking for something more, God. And that something more is is eternity with you help us not to forget father that you've already won the war um we are just um asking you to give us strength 
and wisdom and courage and trust to walk each day as you would have us do. Help us to love one another um, as we love you, Father, and as you have loved us. So, God, forgive us when we fail you, but God, move in us and show us the path we're to take today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And thank you so much, Candy, for joining me on Get the Hell Out of Your Life. I know people are encouraged and inspired. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate you having me. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Friends, this is going to be a great week for you. I want you to think about Psalm 37. Meditate on it this week. Verses 4 and 5. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him also, and he shall bring it to pass. In other words, friends, God is on your side. God has a purpose. God has a destiny. God has a plan for you. And when you commit your day to him, he will give you the path to go down. You don't have to worry about shortcuts. And then you will also discover that unspeakable joy that you have. That will be the driving force to take you to your destiny. Life is about to get good for those that trust in the Lord with all their heart and don't lead on their own understanding. Hey, check out my website, thepromoter.org. I have some inspirational videos there for you. Also some information on my book, The Promoter. It is getting great reviews, but the book was not written for me, but it was written for you that God will speak to you off the pages and really encourage you and inspire you to become everything he created you to become. And I want you to mark down the date, March 20th, and March 21st, I will be inside the Mississippi Coast Coliseum and Convention Center in Biloxi with my annual spring marketplace. The ministry will have a booth there and I will have the book and some product, but I will have my recording equipment. I would love for you to stop by and record some snippets of you telling me what God has done in your life so I can share it around the world. Well, it's going to be a great week this week because not only am I going to be praying for you, I want you to remember this. I love you. God loves you. God has a plan for you. And it's your time to allow God to love the hell out of your life and give you a plan and a purpose that will have you excited about life once again. I'll see you next week. Remember, make it a great week. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. 
And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.